Flyover Politics Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From the undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. upon us and give us peace, peace in our families, peace across this land, and dare I ask, O Lord, peace even in this chamber, now and evermore. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths, a man and a woman. The representatives... And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. Woohoo! Show number two, which is pretty funny because I just finished show number one. Got up and got another racist uh, Hawaiian shirt. And as I am coming downstairs, and at the end of the first show was about storming the Capitol. And people stormed the Capitol. And don't I look like a dumbass. But once again, that's Sunday's show. We will cover it because I want it to develop, get enough stuff. This is a short one on hypocrisy and COVID, and we're going to go straight in after we cover that tomfoolery. So here we are at a time in our country where we've had a jackass be president, and he was so horrible, and the decorum, and yada, yada, and it's about unity and healing, and he's going to reach out to everybody in America, and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't have faith in a party that believes a man is gendered. Amen. So this is Dem Congressman. And yet another example of journalists ignoring gas for Democrats. The networks have so far skipped Congressman Emanuel Cleaver prayer opening the 117th Congress. Cleaver closed prayer by saying amen and a woman. Now, let's understand something. If we're saying that gender is a construct, how do you say a woman? That there is no woman. There's no man. Which, once again, that's not what the words mean. But are we going to find dictionary.com and are we going to change the definition of amen now? How much you want to bet it happens? Nicholas Wu, the clerk just brought the 117th Congress representative, Emmanuel Cleaver, who's a pastor, is giving the opening prayer. The prayer to open the Latin, so be it, it's not a gendered word. Unfortunately, the facts are relevant to progressives. I was honored to deliver the opening prayer for the 117th Congress. May God bless each and every representative with the courage and wisdom to defend our democracy and the liberties we all hold so dearly, like the liberty to say man and woman. But I know we took that out now. We can't say mom, dad, cuz. So Bethany Manuel, S. Manuel, some same folks who say a woman call us pregnant people. Feminism is completely misunderstanding etymology, but also allowing men into a Lalichi meetings to learn about chest feeding. The world is completely upside down. It's all an act, and it's all lip service. They've erased the existence of women, but hey, they'll say a woman on the House floor, and we're supposed to lap it up. How progressive, how inclusive. They think we're idiots. And they do. They just think all of us are fucking stupid, and we're not playing along with it, because I guess we're supposed to. 
Jesus freaking Christ, that's some dumbass freaking shit. So, let's go into our COVID up front. We're going to start with Chuck Todd pushing for lockdowns, because once again, that's my fear. Trust the Republic, but when the media is pushing the Dems to do everything extreme liberal, because they're all extreme liberals, it's kind of scary. And then, DeSantis. This is once again... The most trusted name in news, facts first, CNN. It's got to keep doing that. I got to ask you, with the combination of the more virulent strain that's out there, um, that maybe, and, 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 and we're still learning more, and I, I know you don't have full answers to this either, but it may essentially uh, mean that uh, a contagious person um, uh, infects five people instead of two, or, or something like that. Um, are we looking at a campaign when President-elect Biden becomes president? Are we going to need to do another 15 to 30 days, stop the spread, maybe do a, a partial lockdown uh, between the, the, that um, issue and obviously what's happening now? And it looks like hospitals, they were overwhelmed in November, Dr. Fauci. What's going to happen at the end of January? Yeah. Well... I hope we don't have to do the lockdown because of the of we all know Chuck how much COVID-19 fatigue there is of of people just really being worn down with this but we certainly need to enhance and make more uniform our public health measure. Uh, President-elect Biden has called for 100 days of everybody wearing a mask uniformly throughout the country. That's really a good start. The idea about locking down is something that you might have to do, but you want to avoid. In certain areas of the country, such as in California, which is really being stressed with regard to the hospital beds and the personnel who are really getting exhausted with the number of cases that are coming in, you may have to have, and they already have decided, on some form of lockdown in specific areas of the state or specific regions of the country. So that's not out of the question. We hope we don't have to do it countrywide because we feel that if you adhere to the public health measures, you can turn things around short. With the rollout of the vaccine, that we've seen phone lines jammed, websites crashed. It's a lot of demand. Also, I mean, I think at the I, end of the I, day, we, excuse finish, me, excuse if me. Could, if I could finish my question. You just said what has gone wrong, so I'm answering the question. If I could complete the question, though. So you're going to give a speech or are you going to answer, ask a question? With all due respect, Governor, you I'm asked trying, the question, I'm, I'm going to answer it. You're not, question. no, you're, you're, you're giving a speech. You asked the question. I am trying to ask you the. You're going to ask how many questions? You get three? They only got one question. Why do you get three? With all due respect, Governor, I'm just asking if I could finish my question. You didn't. You my, finished the question. I did not. My full question is what went wrong with the rollout of the vaccine when we've seen phone lines jammed, websites So you're repeating your question. To complete it for you, Governor, we've seen websites crash and also senior citizens waiting overnight for the vaccine. Where was that at? We've seen it in Duval, Broward, Orange, and Lee County. Why was, like in Lee, why did that happen? Did you investigate that's, why? That's my question to you, Governor. You're the governor of the state. I'm not the governor of the state. Okay, but you didn't investigate why that happened, like in Lee County. Why, why was there a big line? Did you, did you investigate why? Could you tell us because why? Because we, we distributed vaccine to hospitals, and, and the hospital said, first come, first serve. If you show up, we'll do it. So they didn't use a registration system. There wasn't anything that was done. 
and there's a lot of demand for it. So people are going to want to go so ahead and, uh, and no get it. there was no plan then from the state to make sure that senior citizens didn't wait outside overnight? So the state is not dictating the hospitals how, we're not dictating to Carlos Magoya how he runs his operations here. That would be a total disaster. These guys are much more competent to be able to deliver health care services than a state government could ever be. So we're empowering the hospitals. Eighty percent of the initial doses over the first three weeks were to hospitals. And you've seen places like Jackson really take the bull by the horns. And yeah, you know, when there is an issue like that, I think the hospital I think they, they made a course correction and they decided to do it a little bit differently. So um, but here's the thing. If you're 74 years old in the state of Florida, we've made the decision that we want you to get vaccinated. Now, understand for whatever reason, and we've changed scenes to Corona stuff, which is just depressing as shit when you look at it. Here are the list of governors who preside over states with higher death per million rates in Florida, Ron DeSantis, who the media has anointed public enemy number one. Murphy, Cuomo, Baker, Raymond, Lamont, Burgum, Nome, Reeves, Bell Edwards, Pritzer, Whitmer, Wolf, Holcomb, Reynolds, Hutchson, Ducey, LeJohn Grisham, McMaster, Lee, Siskolk, Camp, DeSantis. Fully 20.6% of DeSantis' state is 65 plus, making it the second oldest state and thus most COVID vulnerable state in America. By contrast, New Jersey, number one in deaths per million, and New York, number two, ranked 30th and 26th in percentage of population above age 65. In other words, the media are unbelievably and egregiously dishonest, but you knew that. We've done so much COVID craziness that we don't do facts. New York tops one million COVID cases. You, you didn't see it. Journalist, I want to find an anti-masker and beat them to death. You fucking Christians are what Jesus condemns. Kurt, mass saves lives. I can walt. I have so much hate in my heart tonight. My sister, widowed by COVID, has COVID because of anti-maskers. About 4,000 died today. GOP say nothing. Holly, Missouri, and his ilk are working to harm America. I wish them there and the loved ones all the pain and misery they inflicted on this country. No, I'm not planning to kill anyone. Just as the misery descends upon our family again, it is hard not to contemplate violence against those who don't care if they kill. Anti-mask did this? How do people who wear masks get in then? Because you fucking morons, masks primarily protect other people. And since 40% of the infected are asymptomatic, the ones without masks are spreading the disease because they don't shit, give a shit about killing others. You are still uninformed and are, and I'm too stupid, are too stupid for me to care. If someone is willing to leave children of innocence without parents, I don't care if their own kids are orphans. Reap what they sow. It shouldn't just be innocent that suffer. You fucking Christians who preen about God saving you from COVID, so you don't need masks. You're what Jesus condemns. You kill with hypocrisy. Read Matthew 25, 41, 46. If you realize the Bible is about more than hating gays, you'll realize for your selfishness, you'll burn in hell. Other tweets. It's at a moment like this, I want to find an anti-masker and beat them to death. Sarah Gonzalez. These people are genuinely nuts. Justin Hart. 
400 years ago, when a real plague hit Italy, it was thought that foreign invaders went around brushing city walls with plague-infested water. When an older gentleman was seen brushing off a pew to sit on accusing, accusations flew, he was taken out and beaten to death. I guess we're there now. And we are. Because it's not about the disease. It's not. Corey J. Wooten. Pelosi secures enough votes to use to be speaker again. Current tally, 216 for Pelosi, 2008 for McCarthy, two for other, Golden for Duckworth, Lamb for Jeffries. Three percent Spanberg or three present Spanberg, Sorkin, and Sherrell. Breaking Nancy Pelosi wins vote. AOC just voted for Pelosi as speaker. Has he's house has set up plexiglass box above the chamber like something from a hockey rink for some members to vote. Colleague Carolyn McKee rep reports Dem Ohio Rep Tim Ryan just voted for Pelosi from the box. I'm told they use a special entrance that connects through the Capitol Visitor Center in order to cast their vote for Speaker per a source briefed on the plan. As Breeze makes clear, this show the stakes of the vote, of which Democrats have an incredibly narrow majority. Rodney Davis, top R on the House administration, very upset about Popemobile built in the House gallery for quarantine members. He says the only reason this happened is because Speaker Pelosi needs to be reelected. It's shameful. Matt Fuller, Gwen Moore, who tested positive for coronavirus on June 28th, just voted from the House. Moore is lying. If she tested positive five days ago and is following CDC protocols, she should be under quarantine. From colleague Carolyn McKee, Pelosi on the floor for a new session, elbow bumping with some members, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene was reminded that there are no photos allowed on the House floor when she took a selfie. But once again, punch people in the face and kill them. That's what we need to do. Because you're horrible. You're horrible people. All of you, just fucking up horrible people. But why would we be surprised? Here's just a quick soundbite that just is about as crazy as that. Here's Al Sharpton. He's not partisan. And something that hasn't been remarked tonight is how extraordinarily disciplined the candidates on the Democratic side have been. While Leffler and Purdue ended up on three sides of a two-sided debate about stimulus checks, they ran forward-looking, positive campaigns. They were never baited into any of the ridiculous infighting on the Republican side. And I wonder what you make of the historic natures of Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff's candidacies. I, I clearly think that we're looking at history, whatever the results are. And the fact that you have an African-American and a Jewish-American really uh, being competitive and very possibly victorious in Georgia, a state yeah. that has been one of the linchpins of segregation and one of the uh, key uh, states that uh, mastered voter suppression, I think is historic. The, the implications of the race is that we're looking at, as you talked about, the Blake decision today in Kenosha, and I just did a uh, eulogy in Columbus, Ohio, to, uh, at the funeral of a young man killed unarmed uh, today, uh, Andre Hill. It brings to bear that we need an attorney general and a justice department. Well, the Senate will decide that. So this is not just partisan politics. This is about where policy 
and where legislation is going to go is not about individuals and it's not about party politics. It's about the direction of the country in a post-Trump era where Trump withdrew a lot of the voting rights uh, lawsuits the Justice Department had under Obama and certainly supported uh, the ending of a lot of police reform. So a lot of us in the civil rights community that are nonpartisan, at least broadly, are clearly looking at this race for policy and legislative reasons. And I'm taking off my reading. I'm taking off my reading glasses to see if Rachel will call me adorable. <laughs> I'm sure she thinks you're adorable. I'm going to send it back to her now. Rachel, you've been invoked on the reading glasses. Boy. I have. I'm, I feel like I'm not sure that my faith allows me to call a reverend adorable. I'll do but it. I'll, I'll do, do it. Rev, Rev, you're adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I will permit you to call me adorable, Rachel. I will give you okay. that. <laughs> I'm absolved. You are adorable, Rip. <laughs> Very good. Due to the DeSantis story. Oh, oh, sorry, I had a jam on my page. CNN reporter Rosa Flores made an idiot of herself trying to own DeSantis by a slow vaccine rollout. And as Twitchy readers also know, this doesn't go over well for her. Jim Acosta was quick to white knight for his fellow activists. Actually, our Rosa Flores does a fantastic job here insisting that the governor answers the question. It's too bad DeSantis frequently interrupts and insults Rosa, but we've seen that routine before. Fuzzy chimp. You don't ask questions. You frame narratives to try to create news stories. You're actually the poster child for this behavior. How can I make a news about Jim today? Most of you are really just bad at your jobs combined with being leftist activists. Dusty, it's good to know CNN has a whole stable full of horses' asses. She doesn't actually do a job of journalists. Journalism asks questions. They don't load it up with a speech. She's like the rest of your outfit, our embarrassment to already embarrassing, awful profession. And it's so true. They won't cover health care workers rejecting COVID-19 vaccine and doves, droves. Ohio governor says about 60% of nurses in the state are refusing the shot because they don't want it. Or that the mental health is so bad we covered on the podcast, nobody's looking at suicide rates or thinking about what's going on there. Mom arrested for child abuse after beating kids who test positive for COVID-19. 32-year-old Sarah Mitchell Boone assaulted three of her children, all between the ages of 4 and 14, for not wearing masks if they tested positive for the virus. Court docs say officer responded to the home on December 26th when a caller states Sarah Boone assaulted her children by hitting one in the face with an open hand, kicking another on the ground, and picking up another child by their neck. The caller said she did it because the children tested positive. Yeah. Okay. And then you have the media just politicizing everything about this. Washington Post hates Trump train outrage at murderers getting vaccine before elderly. The plan which put in incarcerated people in line for coronavirus immunization ahead of the elderly of those with chronic conditions had been released by the state health department. It was a product of months of deliberation by members of the state's medical advisory group, physicians, public health officials, and experts in bioethics. But their framework, when subjected to machinery of online outrage, quickly unraveled. Well, why wouldn't it? 
This goes in line with San Francisco DA Chesa Bowden under fire after a career criminal who should have been in jail was arrested on manslaughter charges. Exclusive. Troy McAllister faces manslaughter charges his last week death of two women was released from prison in March under a plea deal negotiated by Chessie Bolden's office. McAllister had faced 40 years to life. We keep getting those stories. And the reason why we get these stories is because at the end, we would rather do intersectionality craziness And get votes. So people in jail, get them the vaccine, get them out, because they're important. But actual people of age, uh, fuck them. Mason, Web Dev Mason, if you wanted to make sure that rapidly expiring vaccine distributed Nintendo's vials ended up in trash, this is how you do it. Andrew Cuomo to receive International Emmy for Masterful COVID-19 Briefings. Remember this guy is somehow getting a good COVID Emmy. Based on this tweet, it seems to be one thing uniting every faction of America, rolling political spectrum, and our shared conviction that Andrew Cuomo is a fucking worse. And in this, it pretty much shows that they've let stuff expire. Because they don't want it to succeed. They want it to fail so that Biden could look like a hero. Mm. Isn't that great? Twitter flags linked a medical journal article on potential COVID-19 drug. Big Tech has been on a rampage against what is considered to be misinformation about COVID-19, but a trusted source like a medical journal, it's safe, right? Twitter has flagged the link to a study from the European Journal of Medical and Health Science as potential spammy or unsafe. The platform has continued to flag the link to the study since at least December 31st when Twitter used TickerGuy posted the study in a thread. TickerGuy concluded with a tweet that said, Note, Twitter flags a medical study as unsafe or spammy. A formal medical study. When users click on the link, they're redirected to a page that says, Warning, this link may be unsafe. The study examined the use of drug livermensin as pre-exposure prophylaxis for COVID-19 for health workers in Dhaka, the capital of Bangladesh. Prophylaxis is defined as a measure designed to preserve health. And they're surely blocking this one. With no lockdowns or mask mandate, Florida is roughly the same hospitalization level as the 2018 flu season. And nobody's talking about this on any level. They just won't. Well, is there anywhere we could cross-check this hypothesis? It would be in Florida, where there is no lockdown or mask mandate. In fact, people are flocking there from out of state to enjoy vacations. Naturally, we expect hospital levels to be bursting, people dying everywhere, which is what CNN thinks. Well, actually, you can barely see an increase in the hospitalization level in the Sunshine State from previous year, and the current level appears to be on par with the 2018 flu season, which was more of a pandemic flu than other flus in recent years. And in 2018, we did nothing as a nation to suspend it. And the numbers, I could break them down. It's just a joke. The whole thing is a gigantic joke. But we're going to keep doing it. It's going to be just like deaths in Afghanistan and Iraq. The moment Biden shows up and is President of the United States, 
You're never going to hear about it again. It's just going away. For a quick break on funny, I want to play back-to-back Camelia Harris. This will never be vetted. And, um, and there are some funny stories I was just sharing with someone backstage. You know, so I, I witness this as I write about in the book, you know, from my stroller's eye view. And um, there's a, a funny family story about how, so my mother's marching with the, the extended family. I talk about like Aunt Mary and Uncle Freddie in the book. And um, she would tell the story about how so they're marching. And this is back when strollers didn't really have armrests and seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> so they're marching away and, you know, shouting and, and all of that. And then I think it was my Uncle Freddie, you know, uh, looked down and, and looked in the stroller, which was empty. <laughs> <laughs> and said, where's Kamala? <laughs> and apparently they left me like a block by and I'd fallen out the stroller. <laughs> There you go. And then my mother would tell a funny story about how, like, one day she, and, and I was fussing, and, and, you know, and so I'm fussing and fussing. She, it, it's much cuter when she would tell the story, but she'd say, so then she would look down at me and, Kamala, what do you want? What do you want? And I looked back up at her and I said, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you, you told that story on your own, because I was going to ask you, because I wanted to hear you say freedom. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, of course, as with everything Biden and Kamala, we have done nothing with that. We've vetted nothing she said from the Kwanzaa to this. It's just, it's all good. Hair story about wanting freedom as a toddler has a familiar ring to it. Senator Camelia Harris started her life work young. She laughs from her gut the way you would with families. She remembers being wheeled around an Oakland, California civil rights march in a stroller, blah, blah, blah. So it turns out Camilla Harris looked at her freedom story from a 1965 Playboy interview with Martin Luther King by Alex Haley. Much thanks to Ingle Freddie for spotting the similarities. That was from Jimmy Fallon's show, and that was in uh, June, and the second one was July, and I just think that goes really well with our media landscape. You know, we're going to vet everything, roll with Loughner campaign with a a freaking racist, and fucking Purdue did the uh, white I guess this is now, this is white power, or I don't fucking know, it's just the new thing. Who the fuck knows? On the last podcast I played this, but I, our vidcast, I want to play it again and cover some articles on it, because I just think this, you know, once again, our media is going to push left. They're going to push left hard, and if you think they're not, you just have to watch Chuck Todd. Uh, this was started when the mainstream media stopped, dropped any pretense of being unbiased 
and actually chose sides during this election. This, this fire was started when you completely ignored, for example, our investigation of Hunter Biden. You know, no, no evidence of wrongdoing there, and now we find out after the election, no, there is a fair amount of evidence to the point that we have a real FBI investigation. Senator, so all right, it's I, the I've bias had the media. It's, it's, right. the, it's the it's the it's no. Listen, I've had enough of this too. It's no, the Senator, bias in the it, media. It is, then it's created a, 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 a situation where, where Republicans and yeah. conservatives do not trust no. the mainstream media, and that is what's that is what has destroyed the credibility of the media and our institutions, and right. really no, the destruction confidence of in the election result. So I can start this. Listen, you you have spent and, and much of your time in the last two years carrying a lot of this crazy conspiratorial water for President Trump. So again. I didn't criticize Democrats when they were talking about potential hacking of voting machines. But now it's quackery. Now it's conspiracy theory. That's the problem, Chuck. There's a double standard here. And we are not being transparent. And we are dismissing the concerns of tens of millions of Americans. Again, I didn't, I didn't like this fire. It, this it, fire was lit in over, over four years ago. And we have destroyed the credibility. Of the, you have destroyed the credibility of the news media by your bias. And, of course, people like James Comey, Andrew McCabe, uh, John Brennan destroyed yeah. the credibility of the FBI and, Depart and our justice system as well. We have an enormous problem in this country. It's unsustainable. And the only way you solve it is with information and transparency and hearings and investigations. So you it's believe, not quackery. You it's not conspiracy in, it, theory. You it's believe, what's going to be required. It, let me ask you this. Then why didn't you hold hearings um, about the 9-11 truthers? There's plenty of people who thought 9-11 was an inside job. So what you're basically I mean, saying Chuck, is that Chuck, there's yeah, enough I, people who I believe in conspiracy theory. If, I held if there's enough people who hold, figure it was the most relevant issue. Are you going to do it? How about the moon and, landing? And obviously, the, are you going to hold this election, on that? When you, <laughs> so, as you can expect, most people that aren't super, super lefties just go, what the hell? Um, there are tweets on it. Chuck Todd to Senator, Senator Johnson. This is Meet the Press. Man, allegation of widespread fraud. You failed to offer specific evidence of this widespread fraud, but you're demanding an investigation on the grounds there's allegations of widespread fraud. Essentially, you're, you're an arsonist here, Senator Johnson. The fire was started when you completely ignored, for example, our investigation of Hunter Biden, Chuck Todd. All right, I've had enough of hearing this. You spent the last two days carrying a lot of this crazy conspiratorial water for President Trump, Chuck Todd, blah, 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 blah. I guess Todd is trying to keep his job. You know what would have been possible today? Not having him on as a guest. Do better. Shame on you for putting him on TV. Why give him a voice at all? Why are you even having him on? Run away. Richard Gunnell mocks Todd. Chuck's shaking in his chair and his voice cracking. He doesn't like being confronted with the truth. Ron Johnson really got to you, Chuck Todd. Rich Gunnell, Chuck Todd's blocked you. Oh, Chuck, you dish out criticism for a living. He was clearly out of his league, Olivia Jordan said. To be fair, Chuck also interviewed Fauci and made up numbers about infection rates to try to get him to call for lockdowns. So Chuck is scared of his shadow. This is what we do. I mean, this is now the media. I had an article here. Uh, Tom Elliott, CNN's Brian Seltzer, says Fox News reporting Dem plan to expand SCOTUS and add D.C. as a state. Both things they made prominent part of the 2020 campaign should be reality checked. And, and this is what he said. I'm about to play you a soundbite. just happened today. 
Brian Seltzer writes, the runoff elections are important, and I know I'll be glued to TV on Tuesday, but the doomsday talk that's emanating from the top shows in right-wing America is extremist nonsense. One of the banners on Tucker Carlson's show Monday night said, Georgia races, the future of our country is at stake. This is de rigueur on the right. Carson said Nancy Pelosi favors D.C. statehood. The point is two more Democrats in the U.S. Senate, and probably not just two. You had Puerto Rico, and you have four. That's a permanent new majority. That means you have what's called a one-party state, and that means the game's over. That's coming. It's coming at high speed. Seltzer adds, Ten minutes later, Carson's guest Candace Owen said the left has really laid out a strategy to radically transform America, including by packing the Supreme Court. But everyone knowledgeable about D.C. knows that a 50-50 Senate will be a slog for Democrats. Honest brokers don't see a path for adding states or changing the size of the Supreme Court. This is straight-up fear-mongering from the candidate and their media allies. Ellen Ruffin, pretty rich with Seltzer to cast anyone other than himself as a media ally to a politician. Everyone knowledgeable about D.C. knows that liberals wanting something doesn't mean anything as honest brokers see. Brian Seltzer, you're both acting in bad faith. This isn't about what they want. It's about what's going to be achieved in the 50-50 Senate. Tom Graham, I'm not contesting your political analysis of what's feasible. I'm mocking your every honest broker knows framing. Biden. I happen to believe statehood would be the most effective means of ensuring that residents of Puerto Rico are treated equally with equal representation on federal level, but the people of Puerto Rico must decide and the U.S. federal government must respect and act on that. Andrew Yang, if the people of Puerto Rico want statehood, we should give that to them. Nancy Pelosi, the sacred right to vote and to have a voice in our government is a core pillar of our freedom. With Congresswoman Eleanor Norton's reintroduction of her D.C. stated legislation, Democrats will again be bring this critical legislation to the floor. The secular conservative, doomsday talk from the right. The Democrat campaign slogan was literally, vote for us like your life depended on it because it does. Ah, good old self is always good for a laugh. Brian said it's doomsday talk to say vote like your life depends on it because it does, or suggesting Earth's continuing existence depends on Biden winning. I don't recall you, frankly, fact-checking those frequents, because that literally was a soundbite we just played. Doug Powers. Democrats plan to do exactly what they said they'll do if they gain power. Is of course, considered irresponsible reporting from the D.C. elite. So, today... Somebody asked that Islamist, or I don't know what the fuck he is, Warnock. He's he's pretty much a fucking extreme Reverend Wright dude who pretends to be a pastor. And just like Biden, there was no answering, but the view got very testy that the question was even asked. Uh, congratulations, Senator. Um, you know, I watch your race closely just like everyone else, and you talked a lot about unity on the campaign trail and the need to unify the country and unify Georgians. Uh, but progressives <coughs> across the country are celebrating that your election could mean adding two states, eliminating the filibuster, and packing the Supreme Court with more members. Uh, your colleague Joe Manchin has joined with Republicans to reject those ideas. Um, Chuck Schumer this morning tweeted, quote, buckle up. So you can understand how it's hard for Republicans like me to believe in the spirit of unity, and I want to know, will you do the same thing as Joe Manchin and agree not to follow up on all of those things? Well, I'm not focused on any of those things. 
And as I've moved across short, you know, those are interesting conversations inside the Beltway. But I've been on the campaign trail for months, but I'll tell you what ordinary people are asking me about. Uh, they're wondering, are they going to lose their health care in the middle of a pandemic? We've got 1.8 million Georgians uh, who have pre-existing conditions. You know, sometimes these words just become political buzzwords. So we ought to unpack what that means. We're talking about people. Senator, I do believe that average Americans care about packing the courts. And I just want to know if you would agree and join Joe Manchin um, and agree that you're not for that. I, I, I am. My job is to take the concerns that are being raised by my constituents. And what I'm telling you is that they're asking about their health care. They're asking about whether or not they can earn a livable wage for working hard every day. And they're wondering when in the world are they going to get relief after waiting for it for months. And right now, what is the Senate doing? They're engaged in a shameless exercise of privilege and power, uh, challenging the basic norms of our government. The people of Georgia rose up and rebuked that kind of politics last night. And I intend to represent their interests in the U.S. Senate to make sure they have health care, to make sure that they enjoy a livable wage, and that their voice can be heard in their democracy. Senator, I understand that. Okay. I'm just asking you a direct well, question. Well, I'm just going to – actually, I'm, I'm actually going to end this. I get, hey, listen, we're going to say thanks to the senator-elect, Reverend Raphael Warnock, and we will be right back. Thank you for coming back, sir. Great to be on the – It's what we're doing lately. We're just not going to report stuff till it shows up. It goes back to what I say about a billion times. Matt in Oregon, people who listen to the show probably get sick of me saying it. HR 5717. They never reported any of that crap. It just showed the fuck up. But they'll put out anything except for facts. Now, Liz Cheney, Romney, Ryan, I mean, we keep, t here they come. Jason Goldman, Liz Cheney argument against Cruise Commission. Or I must concede, well stated. Sad, forced again to give Mitt Romney props. Re Keith Overman, Cheney fires Donald Trump into the sun. Cliff Shilster, so now I just gave Paul Ryan some credit. Tim Fullerton, good on Romney. Jason Alter, or Jonathan Alter, historic statement by Senator Romney. Charles Syke, former House Speaker Paul Ryan. David Sillian, thank you, Senator Romney. Governor Phil Scott, thank you, Romney. Hillary Rosen, somebody who excoriated Romney. There's nothing else to say. Romney has it all except for simply saying that his GOP colleagues are cowards. They're the people now. They are just perfect specimens of everything that's good in America. Like we don't remember. Because we all do remember. And then there's Steve Schmidt, who ran Romney. The die is cast Republican Party would be destroyed on January 6th in much the same way the Whig Party was destroyed by the passage of the Kansas-Nebraska Act in 1954. The act unraveled the Missouri Compromise allowed for westward expansion. The party could not survive its fascination. Factionalism. There could be no more accommodate, compromise, and partnership between pro-slavery and anti-slavery Whigs. A new political party was born, the Republican Party. The party will divide and reconcile factions on January 6th. The 6th will commence on political civil war inside the GOP. The autocratic side will roll over to the pro-democracy remnants of the GOP like the Wehrmacht did. Got your Russian in. 
or German, good for you, will follow. Does anybody doubt the outcome of the Ivanka Trump versus Marco Rubio primary in Florida? Anyone willing to make a bet on the Rob Portman? It turns out JFK was right. The problem with trying to ride the tiger is the likelihood of winding up inside the tiger. Fruit from four years of collaboration and complicity with Trump's insanity and liberalism and incompetence are really ready for the harvest. It will kill the GOP because it's pro-democracy. The ab abolition with the slave master. It won't matter over... You got slavery. It won't matter overnight, but the destination is clear. The conservative party in America is dead. It may continue to bear the name Republican. It will be no such thing. Fascism has indeed come to America and is one predicated. It is wrapped in a flag and carrying a cross. This movement must be defeated, cannot be appeased, accommodated, or negotiated with. It must be recognized for what it is. That we must all recognize the new age of American politics. It is rot and resent the debate. Entirely, there are only two sides of American politics now. There is the American side and the autocratic side. My God help us all. We falter, flag, or fail in defense of American democracy. The democracy uh, he undermined for four years because he fucking hated Trump and became a Democrat. But he still thinks he's a conservative and he's asking people to listen to him. Attila the honey bun. Good handle. Dude, wait till you see what your new leftist pal do to you after you help their coming totalitarian regime. AOC still isn't going to gift for you. Sure, Stevie. I will have to remember when the GOP was destroying the party in November 2008. And the westward expansion of slavery was largely advocated by Democrats. Wait, this isn't a parody? This makes it even funnier. The difference is, I agree with some of what he's saying, but not from him. I do believe we're fucked if they put in the steps for one party rule. You can't undo it. Because you won't be able to elect people to undo it. I mean, they're already starting. Massachusetts, lower age of legally obtaining abortion without parental consent to 20 or to 16. So you don't have to do anything. Talk to a parent. None of it. You just go get it. And that is where we're at culturally. The problem we have in our country is we have a media that's part of the Democratic Party, and culturally, we've let this intersectionality, white guilt, whatever you want to call it, infest every facet of our children's lives through college. And then it flipped over to business, to corporations, who push just as many social justice warrior causes as they push sales and it's mainstream on the podcast for those that watched or listened for a long time we we used to have college crazy and shit like that which is what a bulk of our Sunday podcast will be also storming the Capitol, which we're about to play because it was funny but it's mainstream now this is mainstream America. If you're white, you're evil. Abortion till birth. Shouldn't have guns. All these theories are crazy. So if you do get through no filibuster, two new states, you can do about anything.
So as a prep for our last story, because once again, I'm trying to keep these short, and we're at uh, 40 some odd minutes. Here is video of storming the Capitol. Pepper bullets. Pepper bullets. I can't. I can't. No, no, don't push me. Don't push me. Madam, uh, uh, Mr. Speaker, can I have order in the chamber? The House will be in order. The House will be in order. Okay. The house will be in order. House will be in order. Members will take their seats. The house will be in order.
Okay. We can get order. We can resume. Without objection, the Chair declares the House in recess pursuant to Clause 12B of Rule 1. I don't even know what to say. Um, that's just... Wow. I, uh, I, I thought the bar was getting low and I thought things would get crazy, but that's just... Amazing, and for those that are going, well, you're just a fucking hypocrite. You you just did a podcast or a vidcast where you said, um, look at the media digging up stuff and talking about the internet, and they didn't do that for Anifa, and all that's true. And I'm in my basement, and then I go back upstairs, and I, the wife's got the TV on, and they're storming the Capitol to stop, stop it. Um, you know, we'll cover this in depth on Sunday's audio podcast. Or video, depending on what I do. But th this this is where people are. Uh, I had a long talk with Boss in New York. And I know it's hard for some people that hate Trump. And, you know, even though that's not my thing, I'm not going to go storm shit and burn crap and beat people. Um, I'm more of a defend your ground type guy. I'm not going to go out there. But we've had four years of the Russians stole the election. We followed that with an impeachment. We took criticism of a candidate to people and saying that everybody who voted for Trump's a Nazi. Christians are Nazis. We have a guy who died from fentanyl-laced meth, but it's indicative of all white people in the country. And then we let people go on from May to July burning shit down until the polls started hurting, and then people stopped it. We have Republican senators attacked at the GOP convention. Rand Paul almost beat to death. People shot at baseball fields. Within the short time I was upstairs, tell the wife I had some technical issues and I got to do the other one and I'll be done in a bit. Literally, Jake Tapper was talking for the 25th, blaming the president. Granted, his actions didn't help it. He did tell people to go down and protest by the Capitol, not storm it. And on the other channel, they were outright blaming him for everything and Chuck Todd and some guy were saying, if this isn't a reason for D.C. statehood, so they won't be slowed up by the chain of command to get National Guard, I don't know what is. And that just adds to why people feel desperate. 
You have the media downplaying the fact that the Democrats want one-party rule forever. The media themselves do it. They cloaked everything in their committee or their uh, convention. They didn't vet the president, who now is Biden, about to be the president. We know nothing about his policies. He was never forced to talk about court packing, anything. And we do an election that, you know, I talked to, I mean, he's a very intelligent guy. So for him, the election's a no-brainer. Biden won. The only thing I could get was, yeah, that's a lot of votes. Doesn't make sense. But it could have been spurred on by Trump because he's a never-Trumper. But I look at it from the perspective it was the shoe of the other foot and Biden won or lost. And Trump won with the same circumstances. And Leffner and Purdue won. What would the left be doing? Because they lost an election and they started burning shit on the 21st of January 2016. They were burning things. They never once, even today, Jake Tapper, have been trying to get a president out of office. So what do you think people are going to do? Your policy is to open the border. Your policy is to get rid of the filibuster. Your policy has been to get rid of the electoral. Your policy has been to take away people's guns. What are people going to do? And once again, I don't say it's right. What are people going to do? They watch the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Corporations, TV, the media, mostly peaceful for four years. Mostly peaceful. And even before they went up there, they said there was going to be violence because they're proud boys. Every conservative protest is violence. And now this happens, of course, you have a get out, you know, 2A stop confiscation. They're going to they're gonna be out there saying, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop them. Those guys are fucking dangerous. Because they got exactly what they wanted. Which is why it upsets me. By storming the Capitol, you just gave the left what they wanted. So, we're going to end this on the montage of Mostly Peaceful. Going to play that as we go out. I will be doing a podcast or a vidcast this weekend that will cover everything that happened today. From then to then. A little bit of college crazy, etc. And this wraps up another vidcast. Please share with family friends. Send comments to flyoverpolitik at outlook.com. Get the audio podcast on SoundCloud, Podcast Static, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Twitter account at FopTonyReed. And be safe. That's all I can say. Because I said it for two or three years. The bar keeps getting lower. The other side's going to start doing it. And it happened today. And God knows where we go from here. Thanks for watching. Take care. I, I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. But fires have been started. And, and First thing I want to make perfectly clear, this has been almost entirely peaceful. In fact, completely peaceful. It's been a mostly peaceful protest. But then they chose to move in. Uh, Many of these protests have been largely peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful.
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm looking at those live pictures next to you, and they seem very peaceful. There are always folks on the fringes of protest that do the things that uh, we, don't, we don't like. A few people who break a few windows and burn a few cars. They just threw something on fire, Chris, a firecracker. No one should be destructing uh, property and that sort of thing, but I understand the anger. Discount people who are doing things to public property that, that they shouldn't be doing. It does have to be understood that this city has got, uh, for the last several years, an issue with police. So many good people out there who want change and who are demanding change. Our country was started because this is how the Boston Tea Party rioting. So don't do not get it twisted and think that oh this is some something that has not never happened before and then this is so terrible and where are we and these savages and all of that. This is how this country was started. Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Twitter account at FopTonyReed and send suggestions or comments to email address FOPPODCAST at gmail.com. Remember, the flyover states are the backbone of this country. Never fear flying your flag and standing tall. Ignore the media hate. Ignore the fascist coastal states. Try as they might to bring America down. The patriots of this country will never bow down.